I have a title for this evening's Stray Thoughts, and the title is uh, Viva la Difference. <laughs> I had a very, I had a clear purpose in mind for using this title because um, so many of the evenings at uh, Mission Dharma and many, in many Dharma talks, What's often pointed to is the. Are, what's pointed to are the common, common elements of every person's lives, lives. And of course, the Dalai Lama, who's been in the neighborhood, says what what unites us all is our, our the universal desire to be happy. And to be free of suffering. And this cuts through all. All differences. Uh, everybody wants to be happy. And as I spoke last week, we're, we're often confused about what happiness is and often look for happiness in all the wrong places. But the teachings keep pointing to th- those things that we all share, the common characteristics of every moment's experience. That for every being who is born... Uh, the common characteristic is that they are, their life is marked by impermanence. And everything that we experience as individuals is marked by impermanence. And, in fact, our very existence is... Um, every element of our own mind and body is marked by impermanence. This is a common characteristic. This is universal. And we also understand the common characteristic that anything that is, um, is subject to change and impermanence uh, is also uh, cannot be, um, we can't own it. It can't be me. It can't be mine. So we can't be defined by our changing conditions. There, everything, it's not, there's no self to be found in changing conditions of our mind and our body. And and any attempt to try to find some kind of lasting self or lasting satisfaction in impermanence uh, leads to, uh, to suffering, mental suffering, craving, clinging, an attempt to, uh, to hold on to that which is, uh, which is not possible to hold on to, that, that the sand is always sliding through our fingers. That's the nature. And this is what the teachings point to, the universal truths of everything that arises passes away, what arises and passes away cannot bring lasting satisfaction, and what arises and passes away cannot be said to be me and mine. There's no self in it. It's marked by non-self. So that's, it's hard to find anything in this mind and body that we could say, that's me, because it's ephemeral. So this is a radical teaching that the radical realization of the Buddha that everything is marked by selflessness, impermanence, and unsatisfactoriness, unreliability. And often the teachings point to, to the uh, common reality that each of us has as our uh, innermost dwelling, our innermost nature, this, the that within the hearts and minds of every person is, is that which is immovable, unconditioned, unborn. Uh, 
that at the, our deepest nature is, was never born and never dies. So this common, common thread that you hear in all wisdom traditions that we can, or most wisdom traditions, we can awaken to, um, to the something in us that's invincible in spite of whatever, whatever uh, is happening in our, in our changing sea of circumstances and our changing minds and bodies. That which one would say, that which uh, notices, some would say, not everyone. Some would say that which notices your highs and your lows, your ups and your downs, that is unaltered by circumstances. Now, some would say that that knowing also arises and passes away, is subject to change. But as you can hear from this, the teachings spend a lot of energy, a lot of the emphasis on helping us to, to see through the illusions that we create that keep us bound in a, in a state of distress. We tend to fall into the states of misperception where we try to take that which is impermanent, try to make it into something permanent. Our experiences, our pleasures, our relationship, try to take that which is unreliable as a source of ultimate happiness, and we, and we actually think it will give us lasting happiness. And we try to take that which we experience, our, our accomplishments, our bank account, we, our, our name, our fame, we try to make that into me, into mine, when those things are changing conditions also. So we try to take, make the impermanent permanent, we try to make the unreliable reliable, and we try to make the selfless uh, turn it into ourselves. Our ego trips, and this is why we're always we're getting inflated over the the, the um, praise and deflated by blame because we tether our identities to things that are um, that are unreliable, and so we get we're constantly blown by the winds of circumstance because none of it can really give us a sense of this is me. We are not the praise. We are not the blame. We are. Uh, sea of changing conditions. So we, so this is the universal element of the practice, the universal element that every being who is born encounters distress. Uh, it's not just you. It's everyone. And even though our mind falls into the delusion that it's just me, there's something wrong with me, there's something wrong if I experience distress, we open our consciousness, open our hearts, and we see everybody is marked, everybody's life is marked by some measure of distress, the stress of being born into this world of, of the sea of circumstances, the stress of aging, the stress of sickness, the stress of dying, the stress of death, the stress of loss of those who have died and when we're still alive or the loss of whatever it is that we hold near and dear, we have to separate from everyone. This is universal. Every, you see, even the animals go through such distress when they have loss. Every being. This is the universal truth. So you might get a sense, hearing the teachings, that uh, it's, we're just one kind of homogenous sea of beings who all experience the same thing. 
And this sometimes can mask the equally true, true reality that each individual being that is born uh, is unique and different, has unique circumstances, unique privilege, unique color, shape, uh, religion, bank account, that, every, that the world of differences is just as true as the world of universal truths that we all share. And if it is true that we are, in our innermost nature, connected, we cannot just be connected to the, the sameness of each other, but we also, as part of the opening of our consciousness, we are connected to and open to the differences in each other. And this is something that we can talk about all day long, but if, I, if I'm honest, I notice that my openness to differences is, uh, is still somewhat conditioned. It's conditioned by my, my, my past, conditioned by my exposure, uh, conditioned by the shroud of wh- however I, whatever has blinded me uh, because of my own circumstances. And to the degree that I live in some kind of obliviousness to uh, the, con- the differences that other people experience, my freedom is, is not complete. I am still bound in some kind of compartmentalized view of reality. I have not really unfurled my heart to where, as I ended last week, I, I chanted the words of Neem Karoli Baba, and some of you were here, and I'll do it again tonight just as a start. I said, I, and we all chanted together at the end for those who weren't here, and it went like this. Um, I am like the wind, no one can hold me. I belong to everyone No one can own me. The whole world is my home. All are my family. I live in every heart. I will never leave thee. Oh, crystal tears. Oh, taking away my fears. So I live in every heart. Now that's a beautiful idea. But I know because of the... um, the shroud of my, my privilege, my color, uh, my circumstances, I don't know exactly. I, I can be quite oblivious to what it's like in the hearts and minds of, of other. I know what's universally true of other beings, and I can connect with that. But I can't always connect with, nor am I always aware of the differences that, uh, that, we, that we all experience. In our neighborhood, I've been hearing a lot about the, the people who are um, being displaced by the, the gentrification of the neighborhood, people coming in and buying. Now, there are people, I'm not experiencing the loss of my home. And I can go along because I have a home and nobody's going to take away my home. I can go around oblivious to the fact that people are losing their homes. 
I can hear it on the news and go, oh, too bad. But there's a way because of out of habit, not, not it's innocent in a way, but out of, out of um, just a, a tendency toward self-deception, toward obliviousness, just to not really absorb it, take it in. Not really take it in. The fact that there are people in this room right now whose housing is extremely vulnerable. There's a person in this room who has made, over the last several years, one announcement after another about having being evicted, having to find housing. And, and this is a, a real reality. Many people have issues. Many people have issues around their, their health and their parents' health. And that's, of course, universal. Everybody has issues around their health and their parents' health. But some people are, uh, some people are healthier than others, have more, have, have more uh, challenges in this area. A lot of this, just as is true with the, with the way that we relate to people who are elderly, we kind of ignore the fact that everybody gets really old. We hide people in, their, in the, uh, in the uh, nursing homes and in hospitals. And, and then, of course, we dress up our corpses so they look young, so we don't have to deal with the fact that, that uh, we all decay. So to open our hearts, to live in every heart, means to, to the best of our ability not to turn away from the reality of uh, differences, but to turn toward it, to have our heart break when we know that there are people who are... Who, there are so many millions in our midst that are, are, without, are struggling every day to have enough to eat. What do we, I'm not saying we have to do anything, but if you want to be a, a yogi who's really free, you cannot put anybody out of your heart. So the teachings that are often shared, sometimes, sometimes they're, they seem a little isolated. Even the teachings of of universal loving kindness. We, we begin our practice of loving kindness first for ourselves and our individual reality. Then we expand slowly to the, to the other people who, who are near and dear to us and the people who we most easily feel loving kindness and open-heartedness to. And that warms us up. It warms our heart up. But then we start expanding to the people who we don't notice every day, what it's so-called neutral person. And so the, I, I want to invite you tonight to uh, a takeaway, maybe to, to, at least as part of your practice this week, to extend your circle of caring and attention to some neutral person in your life, somebody who you, might, who you see every day, who's, who's working right next to you, but for some reason, you don't really tune into them. They haven't captivated your attention. They, haven't, they don't stick out or whatever it is. Turn, turn toward the person who's invisible. And then while you're at it, reflect on all the people who are invisible, who we don't see. And see if you can bring them into your field of awareness. So that's... That, at least that when I think about this it, and when I practice it, it makes me feel as though my... My, um, my realization, my freedom is not so bourgeois. 
that it's actually that it's that it's connected to to reality that it's not just in some kind of rarefied meditative space that it but it's right in the marketplace can i open my heart i often have told stories here about when i first started uh, leading classes and there was a, a person who came up the stair of the little apartment where i led my first group back in 1985 and uh, this person was walking up the stairs and they were they were uh, quite uh, differently abled or disabled just however you want to call it I don't I don't want to be incorrect in how, how I name it but as the person was walking up the stairs I know I took one look at that person and and my whole body tensed up I was afraid I wasn't my my heart didn't immediately it didn't immediately extend to that person I said oh my lord my compassion is so small it's like a dandruff it's so small I and I gave myself a hard time about it but it, it was a very you know I don't anymore because I understand that was just the the effect of my limited view my narrow circumstances and slowly slowly through the years I can honestly say that almost any level of dis-ease, uh, my heart leaps toward it now. And that just wasn't true before. It was just, and even after I'd done a lot of meditation practice, and I think that it was, it was the result of inclining my heart. It is a natural fruit of, of opening, but it was also the result of a conscious intention to extend my circle of caring uh, not just to the people nearest and dearest, but to all beings in all circumstances. So we give a lot of voice to to um, to the act, the um, the invitation to open our hearts. And this group, of course, is open to anyone, and it's open to anyone of any. Any uh, persuasion, any color, any any uh, religion, any sexual orientation, and also it's open to all parts of you, all part, all elements of you. So that's the general intention. But then, both intrapersonally to open to all the parts of ourselves—that's one part of it—and then start to really open to all the differences, all the parts of each other. That is, that's our practice. It's not, it is not separated from the, the, that universal sense of, of oneness, of suchness, of the one taste of connection. And we do everything on behalf of that connection, but we all have the tendency, I think that we all have the tendency, to, uh, to keep certain beings out. Now, I know that, that I keep that my circle of caring and affection has been, over the years, it's been uh, not only limited to people that I didn't understand, but it's also limited to uh, people who agree with me. And I've had a hard time with certain uh, people with different politics, uh, different crazy, <laughs> crazy religious views. <laughs> But it has also been my practice to see that every, every person who I have uh, despised 
has also, I've, I carry elements of that person, some, some version of it. I, I did a whole thing with, uh, with fundamentalists in my, with, uh, yeah, I, I don't need to name the different uh, cast of characters, but it was amazing when I reflected on the, the, what I really didn't like about that person, I realized that there was that same thing in me. There was rigidity, there was ill will, there was narrow-mindedness, there was, uh, yeah, everything. Lack of compassion, limited loving-kindness, fear. So our practice is to open to all of these differences in ourselves, these not just wash over our, um, our shadows or our delusions, to confess to ourselves every day our delusions. And then to turn toward the people who are most different, to not put them out of our hearts. So when we practice, when we practice mindfulness, you know, this mindfulness is now the, the, it's the cover of Time magazine. It's the, it's the buzzword. It's, I think it gets, as, it gets millions of hits every day on the Internet. And, but the mindfulness of itself, taken out of the context of wise view, the wise view of, of our universal suffering, wise view of our differences, wise view of, of the effects of our actions, the effects of our, our not seeing each other, not understanding, not seeing our differences, it's taken out of that wider view of our reality, it's just another thing to... It's, it's a wonderful thing to be present. But without, wise, without an understanding of, of where we are in the family of things, it's just another self-help thing. It's meant to be, it's meant to liberate, to be used on behalf of liberating our heart from uh, separation and exclusion. And not just to be a little bit happier. So don't underestimate the power of it, but it's, it's often useful to uh, understand it in the context of the teachings and not just isolate it all. Otherwise, it's it just miss, it misses the point. What, there was an article that called it uh, McMindfulness. <laughs> you know, somebody does a day-long meditation and then go, puts, up, puts up their shingle and says, I'm a mindfulness teacher. You pay attention to your breath. Notice when your mind wanders, bring it back. You know, on one hand, it's okay. But that's not under, that's not wise understanding. It's just so I, I I meant to start with this. It's my favorite one of my favorite poems. Maybe you'll get a different sense of the meaning of it tonight. It's called. It's entitled. It's from David Budbill, entitled "Bugs in a Bowl." Han Shan, the great and crazy, wonder-filled Chinese poet of a thousand years ago, said. We're just like bugs in a bowl, all day going around, never leaving their bowl. I say, that's right, every day climbing up the steep sides, sliding back. 
over and over again, around and around, up and back down. Sit in the bottom of the bowl, head in your hands, cry, moan, feel sorry for yourself, or look around. See your fellow bugs. Walk around. Say, hey, how you doing? Say, nice bowl. So I think tonight's really about how are you doing? Let's look around. Let's look at all the shapes and sizes. We do this, we've done this exercise many times at the end of retreats where every person in the room says their name out loud. I think we should do that tonight. And you hear the kaleidoscope of cultural, uh, ethnic, racial differences, and it's a beautiful thing. It's not something to be just washed over by our uh, by the sameness in us. Both are valuable to see the universal common characteristics and to see the unique expression that each of us is. So let's all do our names. Let's just start. Phoenicia. Phoenicia. Let's do the whole name, full name. Loudly. Scream. God, we need the microphone for this. Do we have another mic? Is there any way to... No. Gosh.
Thank you. Very cool. Wish we sometime the next time we'll do it with an extra microphone so you can get the full the full heart of each name. But it, it's you know as I was listening to the names, just hear the the individuality, the knowing that each of our individuality is not apart from from each other or from all the things that have influenced us that brought us to this moment. But we are different. And our circumstances are different, and, and that also needs to be honored. I uh, just didn't want that to go unnoticed. From Thich Nhat Hanh, you are me and I am you. Isn't it obvious that we inter are? You cultivate the flower in yourself so that I will be beautiful. I transform the garbage in myself so that you will not have to suffer. I support you, you support me. I am in this world to offer you peace. You are in this world to bring me joy. So I think we'll leave it at that. We're all just bugs in a bowl. So let's just sit quietly for a moment. And as we do every Tuesday, we, we reflect on the goodness of our, any goodness that has arisen from our practice, from our life, from our time together, any blessings, any merit, any fruits, and we, we freely offer it uh, to all beings, all beings in all circumstances, with all their differences. And we dedicate the blessings and the benefits of our practice uh, with a special emphasis and a deep wish uh, that all beings can have happiness in their lives and the causes of happiness increasing. That all beings can have opportunities in their life increasing. That all beings can be free of suffering and the causes of suffering decreasing. That all beings can recognize that innermost happiness, that sacred happiness that is without sorrow here and now regardless of our circumstances. And that all beings can grow in compassion, in equanimity, able to open to the sorrows and the joys with less grasping, less aversion, less fear. And again, a wish that our practice every day can be dedicated to the welfare and benefit of all. May all beings be liberated. May all beings be included in our great heart.
So I just I didn't want to leave you with the sense of the expansion of loving kindness doesn't stop with the neutral person. It moves on to the difficult person and then to all beings everywhere. So just so you didn't want to slip lose that. Thank you for your practice. Thanks for your generosity and see you next time hopefully. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.